Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Board Guy Rambles on the Phone. This week's episode is brought to you by Jordan Bennington. So, WrestleMania is a week away. Less than a week away, considering it's on Saturday and Sunday. And now it's a it's a few days early to be doing a predictions post, but or podcast, I should say, in this case. Uh, but I'm going to WrestleMania, so it's got to be done early. I am leaving on Thursday, and this all had to be done beforehand. We know most of the matches anyway, probably all of them except for one team that's in a tag team match. And if Brian Bobby Lashley is going to ex- happen or not, I guess. So, I mean, there's no reason we ha- we have to wait that long, and I have to... I had to do my blog post predictions about this, and that takes a while, so I got it done over the weekend, and now I'm here to read the read my predictions for you, because, I mean, you could have them on two different mediums, I guess. You could read them. You won't have a link to them, because, so I don't know how you would do that, but if you find them on WordPress, good. Good job, I guess. And, or you could just listen to this like you already are. Anyways. Uh, so, uh, let's just get right into them, shall we? What a difference a year makes. A year ago, everything was completely awful, and my fandom of WWE was on life support. A year ago, I somehow liked AEW more than I liked WWE. A year went by, and, well... Okay, I'm not going to pretend it's been a complete 180 and say that WWE is the best it's ever been, because that would not be anywhere near true. But it is at least worth watching now, and AEW is back to being mostly trash. You had your shot and blew it, Tony. Hire some writers. Uh, But what I really meant about what a difference a year makes is that last year's Mania looked like such garbage that it was the first Mania that I ever opted not to take off work to watch it, and instead watch it at work. And this and this year, well, this year I am going to WrestleMania. And I don't mean I live around Los Angeles, so this is super convenient. Of course I'm going to Mania. I'm t- I, By this, I mean I'm taking a four-day trip to L.A. to be there. So that's a big difference. Now, would I say that this card is so freaking amazing that that's what made me spend this money to come all the way to Los Angeles for? Well, partly. It is a pretty pretty good card, in fairness, but it's also not close to the best it could have been. It's definitely got some issues, and we'll get to them, and it has some weird matches as well. Uh, but this is definitely the best-looking Mania card since at least Mania 35 at least going into it. Uh, I, I guess just going... Uh, I was just going to say since the before times, but I guess that isn't specific enough. In reality, I, I've been planning to go to this WrestleMania for a few years now. Whenever it was decided that... Uh, uh, announced, whenever it was announced that Los Angeles was going to be this year. That's when I decided... If you remember, Los Angeles WrestleMania was originally supposed to be WrestleMania 37. They even announced that during WrestleMania 36. Uh, that WrestleMania 37 was going to be in LA. But because of co- but because of COVID, WrestleMania 37 went back to Tampa where 36 was supposed to be. Uh, and then 38 went to Texas. And now Los Angeles has 39. If Los Angeles was Mania 37 like it was supposed to be, I would not have been going to it. I wouldn't have been financially capable of doing so. Also, uh, we would be too close to the start of the pandemic for me to have been comfortable to do that, probably. Uh, I, I would still be potentially going to the WrestleMania that this year's was. Wherever 39 ended up being instead... I would have ended up going to that one. And I'm going to put a caveat. I'm going to say maybe. Because part of it. It being in Los Angeles. Is a small part of it. But I probably still would have ended up going. Uh, 
yeah, but like like I said, I I both want to go to LA and I'm financially I'm financially capable of going to a mania there now and go and going there is a celebration of that essentially. Still, it does feel like some things on this card are somewhat catered to me. And we'll talk about that. In fairness, maybe I am looking forward to each match a little more than others are because I am going to it. However, I do find that the negativity I'm seeing towards this card is, for the most part, overblown, except for at the top in the matches, the match where it most matters. That's understandable, but the outside of the outside of the disappointment a lot of people are feeling about that match. And I, I mean, I guess that's really two matches, but outside of that disappointment, everywhere else on the show where I see disappointment for uh, about, I that is stuff I don't understand. Uh, and every and I and so naturally I keep saying the same people that I always see saying I'm skipping WrestleMania. Well, good for you. You know who cares that you're skipping WrestleMania? Literally no one. I hear this shit every fucking year from wrestling Twitter all over the place. It's always the same people, and they always need you to know that they're skipping it. Like, you're supposed to be impressed by them not watching something because, the, like, one thing isn't didn't go their way or something. I mean, if you don't like it and you don't want to watch it, I obviously don't watch it. I'm not t- saying you should watch it. Be- I'm, that you absolutely... That's obviously not the case. It's just, it always feels like, like, it's always those, the people who's, who don't, who hate everything that need you to know that they're not watching it. The people who, who are going to watch it, they, no one ever yells into the void, I'm watching WrestleMania. Nobody does that. It's just the people who, who, who aren't. So... I just I just don't know why we needed to hear that every year so badly from them. It's like, good for you. Pat, pat yourself on the back. You're so much better than the rest of us for not watching this entire show because, I don't know, the Hell in a Cell is red and not gray. You know? Now, does the show have some problems? Sure, definitely. Are they worth not watching the show over? I mean, I guess that depends. I don't think so, but uh, I get I'm not everybody. I mean, that being said, if, if last year's card, I could understand definitely not watching the entire show. But this is legitimately one of the best cards they've put out in years. Like I said, again glaring issues, we'll get to them. Unfortunately, it's in the biggest match on the show, but we still get, but we'll get there when it's time. Also, I'm going to need Bray Wyatt to at least show up so I can hear his music live, even if he can't compete. Now, most matches haven't seemed to have been assigned a night yet, uh, so I can't really like in, in the previous years, I, I I did one, I did the first night and the second night because when I w- did them, when I did this, I, they had them all announced. So unfortunately, for the most part, I can't do that here. You can guess which ones are on which nights. I mean, obviously the world title match is on the second ma- uh, second night. I assume the tag title match is probably main eventing night one, and if it's not, Charlotte and Rhea probably will be. Uh, and, like, the U.S. title is starting night one, so I'm going to guess the Intercontinental title will be on night two, maybe even start night two. Uh, so, uh... I'm going to guess the Hell in a Cell matches on night two. Uh, because Charlotte and Rhea, I'm assuming, is on night one, then I'm, I'm assuming Bianca and Asuka is probably on night two. Uh, Damage Control versus Becky, Lita, and Trish 
I would say is probably night two, and then the Fatal 4 women's match is night one, Fatal 4 men's match is night two, and Seth and Logan Paul, I guess, is night two, etc., etc. Well, again, educated guesses. I'm sure it, during this week we will find out more uh, matches, uh, or which ma- uh, at least a significant amount of which matches are which night even if it's not all of them. Uh, and like any spoiler stuff that could have been leaked in the next week that might have gotten included in this had I done this then, obviously it won't be included. I read some. I read a headline, possible spoiler for Edge vs. Finn earlier today, but I didn't read what it was because I wasn't going to go spoil that for myself, because I don't want to. Uh, but we will start with the match that uh, is opening night one, because we at least know that. we might as If it's opening the entire show, we might as well open the predictions with them. And that's the WWE United States Championship, Austin Theory defending against John Cena. Okay. So I know I said that this card is really good for the most part, and, I, and, yes, 100%. But we just happen to be starting with the match that annoys me the most. This is a complete waste of John Cena. You could have done a number of way better things with him. Uh, one I, in particular I'll probably mention later. Actually, I don't think I ended up saying so. But you, you have... John Cena on this show, and you have Edge's poss- probable last WrestleMania. They've never had a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. Now, I'm happy with that Hell in a Cell match. I'm fine with it, but I wanted Edge versus John Cena on the show if John Cena was available. And they're both on the show, but you're wasting John Cena on Austin Theory. Anyways, uh, yeah, you're gonna just going to complete one of Cena's, have him have one of his rare matches these days, and you're gonna completely waste it on someone who sucks as much as Austin Theory. I really wish they'd have made a better choice than to put him against this nobody who doesn't deserve the spot he's in. I would say that they threw through Theory in the, deep, in the deep water in a promo battle with Cena uh, to see if he'd sink or swim, but he's been sinking in shallower water than that already. He wasn't ready for this. You would have been better off by having Cena face someone else and have Theory lose the title to Ali instead. But alas, we're here. So what to do here? Well, the right answer is Cena wins, assuming you want the best course of action. Oh, well, Cena's not going to be there, you say. So what? He can drop it on Raw or vacate the belt, or he can just do open challenges if he has the time. Do I think that's a possibility? Uh, well, because it's the opening match of the entire show, I'm starting to think that it could actually happen. I mean, it would be a huge buzzkill if we opened WrestleMania with Austin Theory winning another match he shouldn't be. So I'm not going to be surprised if this doesn't happen, but my prediction is John Cena. Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match, Alpha Academy versus Street Profits versus Viking Raiders versus Ricochet and Braun Strowman. Uh, just a random filler match that they are doing to get, uh, uh, get some people on the card. That's fine. Uh, really, my only comments about this match is, why the fuck isn't Legato Del Fantasma in this? Seriously, LDF deserves to be on this card somewhere for all the involvement in the Ray and Dom feud. Uh, besides, someone wants more Braun Strowman forced on them. Uh, prediction, Street Profits, I guess. Literally could be anyone. It's, again, a random-ass tag team match. Similarly, Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia and Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus... Don't know yet. Uh, I'm gonna 
guess Carmella and Chelsea, as long as Carmella is fine. I, I heard on Monday she was hurt or something, unless that was a storyline thing or something. So my guess is Carmella and Chelsea, if they are allowed, if Carmella's fine. Anyways, honestly, can we just make this a fatal for a regular match? I mean, we got three teams of one great person and one garbage fire. Liv, Shotzi, and Shayna are all great, and Raquel, Natalia, and Ronda are all varying levels of trash. Ronda being in a meaningless tag team match at Mania is indicative of how horrible her second run in the company has gone. I mean, it is somehow worse than her first run, and I didn't think that was possible. I'm just going to assume Liv and Raquel will win because they were the first team in this match. Anyways, this will be really weird having to cheer for half of each team. Predictions, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Brock Lesnar versus Amos. Oh my god, they're wasting Brock. Well, who the fuck else was he supposed to face if he doesn't want to face Bray Wyatt? All the other big names are, are busy. Sorry. Prediction, Brock Lesnar. That's literally all there is to say about that. Uh, Rey Mysterio versus Dominic. Well, it took forever, but we finally got here. Honestly, I just hope Ray beats Dominic so hard that he finally realizes Mysterio isn't a last name and that it's just an adjective. I mean, I guess Judgment Dom is the best version of Dom we have seen so far, but that's saying basically nothing, and he still completely sucks. An embarrassing number of people on Reddit have been praising him, and it's 100% unearned. Also, it's too bad that they didn't do a tag team match here instead, with Priest and Santos also involved, so they had something to do. I mean, seriously, Priest is the only person from Judgment Day that doesn't have a match. And Santos should be on this card somewhere. Prediction, Dominic. Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Well, as much as Logan Paul is a complete garbage fire, if his match with Roman was as good as people I know have said it was, then this match should be great. It would be nice to see Seth get a win at Mania for the first time in a few years. Prediction, Seth Rollins. Triple Threat match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. This match should be great. Sheamus and Gunther had two excellent matches last year, and adding Drew to it only adds to it. Ultimately, I would like to see either Sheamus win the title or for Gunther to retain to break the record. I think it's Hawking Talk Man's record that he... Uh, is coming up on or something. I don't really understand why I heard negative things about how we got to this match when we knew this was what they were getting, what we were getting, and people were happy we were getting it. So what's the fucking problem? Also, can I please stop hearing about Drew needing some kind of crowning moment with a crowd? He's good, but he's not so good that we need to completely redo the world title win at Mania just because it was at COVID Mania. He should have won at Clash at the Castle, though, uh, even if it was only to avoid Cody winning the title. I'm predicting Sheamus wins, and hopefully Gunther wins the world title as soon as possible, assuming Cody wins in the main event. Prediction, Sheamus. Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus versus Damage Control. This is one of the match I was most looking forward to, even though I wouldn't necessarily call it important. It feels important to me because Bailey is my number one current favorite, and I cannot tell you how long I sat around agonizing over whether she was going, even going to have a match on the show. Considering she didn't win the title from Bianca in that ladder match like she absolutely should have, didn't win the Rumble, and the assumption this whole time was that Becky was going to be facing Ronda on the show because, well, why the fuck else did Ronda come back if it's not to have the singles uh um, match with Becky we heard about for years, but now will apparently never happen, I guess. Regardless, that led me to believe that she was once again going to be left off of Mania like she was at WrestleMania 37. You see, a significant reason that I targeted this Mania as the one to go to was that several years ago I thought to myself, L.A.? That's it! That's definitely where we, they finally do Sasha versus Bayley at WrestleMania, because that match was d destined to happen at Mania eventually, and we were robbed of it at WrestleMania 36. It was going to happen then, but of course, the world screwed us over. 
Now, I don't blame WWE for changing those plans. Um, that was the right thing to do, ultimately. But alas, they fucked up so terribly in their treatment of Sasha that she split and then is champion in New Japan. And now who knows if that Sasha versus Bayley WrestleMania match will ever happen. Regardless, I thought that was going to happen on this show. It didn't need to be for a belt. There's always a reason for that to happen, and it's WrestleMania 39. It seems like it's in L.A. It's a Los Angeles type of match. It does, again, it doesn't need to be for a belt, so you can have the champions doing other things at the same time, and we're a few years removed from Bailey's big title reign. It makes perfect sense, really. Uh, that being said, with that being an impossibility, and it, it seeming like uh, everyone else she could, she could face would probably have something else to do, I started to wonder if I had made a mistake in going to this show. There is no way I can justify going to a WrestleMania and my favorite wrestler not even have a match on it. I'd have to sue. Especially since how awful they treated her at WrestleMania 37, leaving her off the show except for being thrown down the ramp by those piece-of-shit Bella Twins. Or, excuse me, I think they go by the Garcia Twins now or something. All after Bailey had carried the entire company on her back through the pandemic era. I started to panic for weeks, and then it was, an, and then, well, enter Lita. Lita had signed for one match. This was after it was said Ronda wasn't facing Becky, though, so immediately I was assuming Becky is facing Lita again for no reason. Lita, uh, because that. At that point, Becky had nothing to do, and Becky and Bailey had feuded and had a match or two already, and, well, they're certainly not going to leave Becky off of the show. It's Becky. As much as I love her, they're certainly... If, you're gonna, if they're going to leave Becky or Bailey off the show, they're going to leave Bailey off. It's a, uh, I mean, that's just a simple fact. Uh... Regardless. Uh, but Lita helps Becky in the cage match against Bailey for some reason, then disappears as I frantically DM a frog on Reddit to confirm if this will lead to Bailey's WrestleMania match. The frog confirms that it will. And then for a month I, was, I watch as people inexplicably bicker endlessly about how this is going to lead to Io and Dakota versus Ronda and Shayna instead. And then... instead. And then a few weeks later, they start bickering about how it's going to lead to Becky and Lita against Ronda and Shayna instead. Until we find a, finally end up with this match, which was obvious from the second Lita appeared. Now, in truth, I'd rather this be Bailey versus Lita straight up because I want Bailey to win. But as much as I'm looking, uh, uh, and. As much as I'm looking forward to this match, there's no way Damage Control, as awful as they have been booked from basically the start, are going to beat three of the company's Golden Girls. Now, don't get me wrong, I love Becky, I love Lita, but there's one completely overpowered team here, and it's not the one that's that's the stable that should have been running completely rampant over the women's division since SummerSlam. Ba uh, Bailey should have been a singles champion while Io and Dakota were tag champions, and everyone should have been falling at their feet. Which is why they will lose here, and then I think the faction is going to end on Raw. It's just how it feels. And then this faction that should have been so much more, one of the best factions of all time, will prove to have been a complete waste of all of our time. That thought sickens me. Bailey, Eo, and Dakota deserve so much more. Still, I look forward to this greatly, and this is partly a... Uh, uh, the show somewhat catering to me as I'm going to see ba uh, see live Bailey's first WrestleMania match with a crowd since the before times. I also get to see Eos and Dakota's first Mania. But yeah, Bailey's first WrestleMania since before COVID. Besides one where there wasn't a crowd, because she had a match at 36, but obviously there was no crowd. So this is the first one since then, because then 37. They left her off the show, even though she more than 
basically anyone else carried the entire company on her back through the pandemic for a good portion of that year until Roman came back, at least. Her and Sasha and Asuka. Uh, and, yeah, but they, they left her off of Mania 37, except for letting the Bella Twins throw her down a ramp because the world hates us. And then last year, she was still gone from her injury. So this is the first one with a crowd sense. And I'm happy I get to be there for it. Because this should have happened two years ago. This is her finally getting something she deserved. And she's still going to lose. Uh, prediction, Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish. Hell in a Cell match, Edge versus Finn Balor. This is the other match that it's completely catered to me. While I haven't necessarily loved the feud itself, and it feels like it's been going on for an entire year because Edge was gone taking care of some other business, but the conclusion of this feud checks almost every box it can for me. Uh, first and foremost, Edge is my favorite wrestler of all time, and after that Raw in August in Toronto, he confirmed what I was suspecting. He said the Raw in Toronto later this year was going to be his last match, which means that this is his final WrestleMania, unless something changes. That in itself brought me out to LA to be there alive for it, and the several times I had second thoughts about, uh going to the show, like, when they completely fucked over Bailey against Bianca twice, and then the rumors of the company being sold to Saudi Arabia, the fact that this was Edge's last mania kept me from changing my mind. Second, it being a Hell in a Cell match is awesome. While I did finally get to see a Cell match live last year like I've always wanted to, at least this one won't be ruined by Cody Rhodes being a selfish prick and an unsafe worker. I mean... I am sitting all the way upstairs, so I do hope my vision won't be obstructed that badly, but oh well. Also, we're getting the demon, and we haven't gotten him since that completely garbage ending against Roman. I, I never thought I'd see the demon, especially since it's been very rare on the main roster. And finally, and well, th and now this is only speculation and not confirmed, I am making an educated guess that Alterbridge will be playing at least Edge's theme song live. And I'm hoping that they play Judgment Day's theme for Finn, because it would be kind of silly for them not to if they're there, considering both themes are songs of theirs. If this moment happens where I get both themes played live, I will forgive them for kicking Edge out of Judgment Day for that alone. I call this an educated bit, an educated guess, because I've happened to know for a while that Alterbridge was supposed to play Edge's theme at Mania 36, but that was also stolen from us because of COVID. And because this is Edge's last Mania, this kind of does have to happen sometime, and well, time is running out. I thought of this in December, and I took a look at Alterbridge's tour schedule, and, well, their last tour date was on the night of night one of WrestleMania, and it's, and it's an hour from where Mania is taking place. So needless to say, assuming the match takes place on night two, there's no reason they couldn't be there. And it's, uh, and it's been my assumption ever since. Now, Reddit, uh, Reddit also figured this out about a month ago, and I was like, I'm two months ahead of you guys. Uh, legitimately, my only qualm with this match is, should Edge really beat the Demon... Because, you know, he's winning. Prediction Edge. WWE Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Bianca defending, obviously. Uh, I wish I was looking forward to this more than I am. I'm not saying I'm not looking forward to it, because I definitely am. In terms of quality, it's definitely the best women's match that will be on this show. That being said, there seems to have been almost no build towards it whatsoever. Bianca is great. Asuka is great. I guess they're friends. But, oh, Asuka might spit blue mist at Bianca at any time. Watch out! That's really all it's been. That's sad to me because Bianca versus Asuka is a match I've wanted for years. I think I was putting it on, on a fantasy card for Mania 37 at some point. Technically, Mania 37 was supposed to be L.A., so... In a way, it kind of got there. Uh, 
it having such a lackluster story going in makes it hard for me to see a title change coming from this. Like, the only way I could see it coming is if Asuka does use the mist, and that gets her the win. But is that not just kind of a retread of the story with Bianca and Bliss? Bianca wins unless Bliss goes Uncle Hottie Psycho and wins because of it. And we see how that went. Now, obviously, that's a good thing. and and, I mean, in no world should Bianca ever lose to Bliss. But the story beats are similar. And honestly, even if Bianca did get misted, I could totally see her do a KOD while she she couldn't see and still win. (coughs) Prediction, Bianca Belair. WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte defending against Rhea Ripley. Admittedly, when I first heard back in December that it was planned that the SmackDown Women's title match would be Ronda versus Rhea, it immediately got a huge what the fuck? It seemed like we were heading into Bianca versus Rhea, which made perfect sense. So this news made no sense, obviously, especially since both are heels. Then when Charlotte showed up and won the title instantly because the nepotism and entitlement never disappears no matter how long she's gone, things made more sense. At least this makes more sense than Ronda versus Rhea, and given the choices of Bianca against Asuka and Charlotte against Rhea, or Bianca against Rhea and Charlotte against, honestly, I don't even remember who I was thinking at the time, maybe Becky or something. Anyways, this is the better alternative. It should sicken everyone that Charlotte started 2022 on an awful title reign, had terrible matches with Ronda, and lost the belt to her, disappeared for the rest of the year, showed back up on the final SmackDown, and won the title back on the same show, and it is on yet another awful title reign. There was no episode of SmackDown or a pay-per-view in 2022 that Charlotte wasn't champion on for as long as she was on the show. The company's infatuation with her is embarrassing. Man, imagine if they treated someone who was actually good this way. And you wonder why I don't watch SmackDown. If you don't watch SmackDown, it's kind of like she doesn't exist. And it's better that way. Anyways, this match at least has a reason for it. Redemption for Rhea for Mania 36. Now, I rewatched that match recently because this match is happening again, and it still wasn't great. It got most overrated match of the year for, uh, that year for me for a reason. It was needlessly long, a lot of unnecessary screaming, and Charlotte won, which ruined it. I mean, imagine what better things a number of incredibly talented women could have been doing in this company since 2016 had they all not needed to have redemption stories against Charlotte. Anyways, that match wasn't great because Rio ha- wasn't quite ready to carry Charlotte, but that is no longer the case. Rhea is a star. I mean, she said to Charlotte recently that Charlotte is a star and that she wants to be one. Well, Rhea, I got some news for you. You are the star. Between the two of you, it's you that's the star. I know we should always be a little concerned that the right person won't win here, because sadly, when Charlotte is involved, you do always have to worry about that. But in this instance, I don't think we have to worry about it that much. Although Charlotte winning is about the only way you could truly ruin this show for me, or tarnish it in some way, considering I am expecting them to fuck up the main event already, and you can't really ruin the show by doing something that's expected. I'm not sure if this is the main event of night one, or if the uh, the following matches. Uh, and honestly, Rhea should win in less than five minutes. It should be that big of a squash, but it's not going to happen. Uh, prediction, Rhea Ripley. WWE Unified World Tag Team Championship, The Usos defending against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, It's difficult to talk about one of the final two matches without talking about the other, because the stories have been so entwined together. There's not even that much to say about this match itself, to be honest. It's really just the obvious. But we will say this. For the most part, uh, the story since Chamber to get here has been... uh, good, but also anticlimactic. Sure, there is definitely, this is definitely the best built tag title match since Usos and New Day and Hell in a Cell, there's no question about that. It deserves the main event night one if it does, 
uh, even though the Women's Rumble winner should get the main event of one of the nights, in my opinion, and I will stand by that until there, are, there aren't two night WrestleManias anymore. Uh, and yes, the match will absolutely be great, and Owens and Sammy will win. All of this is true. But that's not the story here. This feels anticlimactic because they're treating this like the climax of the entire Bloodline storyline epic, this in the main event of, like, two, uh, when the story's climax was at Elimination Chamber, and this is that story's epilogue. They are just flat out moving on from the Bloodline story as quickly as they can, it seems. We went through the entire storyline, as awesome as it was, where Sammy became the most popular person in the company, got better ratings than anyone else, as he faces Roman in his hometown at Chamber. And while I understand he can't win before Mania, I understand that. The fact that he's not, not also in the title match on this show is garbage. But the storyline ended at Chamber, and the match is finished was also lackluster, so that puts a damper on it too. Sammy gets himself more over than anyone in the company and does so organically and gets this match instead as a consolation prize. Why the fuck do I care if he wins the tag titles? I, I want him to win the world title from Roman. Oh, and Cody Rhodes! Oh, fuck Cody Rhodes! He's not even the fourth guy to have beat, the, beat Roman for the title. This company's refusal to acknowledge what's actually going on and refusal to change plans when something better comes along is, along is sickening. I'm sorry, Sammy, you deserve so much better. Prediction, Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn. And finally, WWE Undisputed World Heavyweight Championship, Roman Reigns defending against Cody Rhodes. So I want to preface this by saying that I am excited to be in the crowd for this despite everything I'm about to say. That being said, who the fuck woke up one day and said, fuck it, put the belt on Cody? I don't care how dumb that would be. I feel like wrestling Twitter as a collective anxiety tweeted this match into existence. You can't tell me this actually makes sense from a storyline standpoint as the Mania main event over Roman versus Sammy, or at least a match that includes Sammy. It feels, it feels more like that. After Cody's injury, we all saw that timeline for return and all got anxiety over him winning the Rumble, and we all said it. And because we all put that into the world, someone in the company saw all these tweets and were like, oh shit, this is what they're all, they are all expecting. Better do that so they don't get mad if we do something else. You know, completely ignoring the tone we gave off when saying this, considering we were all dreading this possibility, not actually wanting it to happen, and they just completely ignored that we all, what we all really wanted was Sami Zayn, and that that should have been obvious by at least Survivor Series. Now, in truth, I am not as mad about this as some others that I know, but it still. But it is still gross for a number of reasons. Is Cody over with the crowds? Sure. He's pretty freaking over. Uh, wrestling Twitter, uh, or uh, wrestling Reddit seems to love him for some reason, just like they love Dominic Mysterio. I guess, I guess wrestling Reddit loves Nepo Babies. I guess. Uh, and all these... These people in the crowd are embarrassingly doing that O thing during his entrance, or whoa, not O. Whoa! That's stupid! What the fuck are you doing, and why does it have pyro? That is dumb. All he's doing is saying, whoa. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, sure, he's pretty freaking over, but he's not Sammy over. Would he still be this over had he not gotten injured? I'm not so sure. In a way, that injury was a good thing. It didn't give the crowd enough time to get sick of him before he won the Rumble. Had Cody not gotten injured, while I think he would still be, be over, I think we're looking at a triple threat match here at least. If Cody was around the whole time, I think we definitely would get a stronger sentiment from crowds that Sammy was getting screwed here than there is now. 
considering in that case Sammy's whole thing would be building alongside Cody throughout the entire year. Because Cody was gone for all that time, it let Sammy's story breathe and come to its unsatisfying conclusion while Cody came back in and still seemed like that shiny new toy to the casuals who were blinded by the shininess of said toy all over again like they were last mania that it and it distracted them from sammy being screwed of his rightful spot now don't worry those fans will realize what happened but when they do it will be too late some months from now they'll wake up and, and think to themselves hey that was stupid i've been had now, I'm not so adverse to Cody winning the title that I would never want that to happen. I'm not a big fan or anything, but he's but he's not the worst guy out there either. It's just this is absolutely not the time for him. It's the fact that Roman has been champion going on a thousand days and hasn't been pinned in 1,200. And somehow someone decided that Cody freaking Rhodes is the guy to finally do it where so many others have failed. Better men have fallen before at the hands of Roman. I mean, seriously, let's look at everyone who uh, Roman has defeated on the title reign and see if they are better than Cody Rhodes. Uh, would have been better than Cody beating him. Jay Uso, first defense. Eh, no. Uh, Jay Uso, yes. Jay Uso, first defense, no. Uh, we, we're talking about them beating Roman now after he's been champion for as long as he has been. So Jay Uso then, no. But Jay Uso now, definitely. Braun Strowman, fuck no. Uh, Kevin Owens would be better to do, to do it, obviously. Uh, even if he did it then. Uh, Daniel Bryan or Edge, well, Daniel Bryan was leaving, no. Edge, no, because he's older and he doesn't need to be winning the title from Roman. But yes, because he's my favorite wrestler of all time, and of course, that's still better than Cody freaking Rhodes. Uh, Cesaro, uh, yes, because it was on a pay-per-view. If it was. Rey Mysterio in an episode of SmackDown, no. Again, Edge, no. John Cena, no. Uh, Finn Balor on SmackDown, no. Finn Balor, the demon at a pay-per-view, absolutely uh, should have won. Uh, that 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 finish was garbage. Brock Lesnar, fuck no. S Sami Zayn on that episode of SmackDown, no. Obviously not then, uh, especially since he was beat the beat the shit first uh seth rollins at rumble of last year no because it was at rumble but seth rollins beating him absolutely uh goldberg fuck no uh brock lesnar again fuck no riddle no uh drew mcintyre clash at the castle absolutely uh logan paul no kevin owens yes not but not at rumble Sami Zayn at Elimination Chamber, no, because it's an Elimination Chamber, but Sami Zayn at WrestleMania, absolutely. Most of those people were better options than freaking Cody Rhodes. Anyways, Cody is not, and will never be, the right guy to dethrone Roman Reigns. A lot of us know that, and those who don't will realize that when it's too late. But it doesn't matter. Cody is winning the title. I mean, I'll give Roman a small chance of retaining, but I will, and I will personally be rooting for it, but it just, I just don't see how this will happen. It just feels like they completely closed the book on the Bloodline story and that they are just moving on from Roman as champion as quickly as possible. It, re it really feels like they're just sweeping Roman under the rug like he's now some speck of dirt or something. But alas, this forced crowning of Cody Rhodes is honestly sickening. They've been trying to keep him over by associating him with more popular people and hoping that popularity rubs off on him. Seriously, how many times did he save Sammy or Kevin or go out there in Boston with Cena and then he tried to 
put Sammy and Kevin back together. And then when they finally did at the end of the show, get back together, they showed Cody backstage watching on a monitor, smiling as if he had anything to do with it. Just so you associate him with the two of their friendship or something. Guess what? We don't associate him with their friendship. If you are so scared that we are going to turn on this guy in the favor of the other guy that you are doing all this, well, maybe you should have just went with the other guy. Again, I don't think Cody is an awful wrestler or anything. He's fine. But that's all. He's just fine. I liked him in his, in his original run of the company, but since then he has fallen off, and mainly from his own personality. Just another entitled fuck who exudes nepotism, crying in promos, and don't mention his father if you don't want to be attacked. He ran from AEW because the fans turned on him there, but not before he somehow decided that he solved racism or something. Uh, oh, remember that time in AEW where he had an entrance where he came out on a throne, and then he destroyed it with a sledgehammer to take some kind of shot at Triple H because he blamed Triple H for his booking or something before he left, even though his booking was, you know, because of Vince, and he should have been attacking Vince. Yeah, Cody, Triple H is now writing you winning the world title in the main event of WrestleMania. So what the actual fuck? Learn how to aim your misguided shots. Also, should we really be setting the precedent that if you choose to work a match with a major injury, which is incredibly unsafe... I mean, I don't care if you can't do any more major damage to yourself. You are still in the ring with someone else, too. And your injury puts your opponent at risk of harm. So I ask, why are we rewarding this unsafe behavior with winning the championship at WrestleMania? We need to be discouraging people from working hurt for fuck's sake. Now... Everyone who Now everyone who gets hurt will be incentivized to work through it, because the precedent is that if you do this, then you will come back and win the Rumble and subsequently the title at Mania. <sighs> I sincerely hope that they realize Cody winning is a mistake, and then Roman retains and ultimately he loses to Jey Uso, and then Cody can ultimately win the title somewhere down the line before, where it doesn't feel like he's being handed everything still. If it just felt like he'd earned this, it would be be much easier to swallow. But it doesn't whatsoever. Nor do I look at him and see someone I could buy pinning Roman. Not after all I've seen Roman kick out of. Cody could hit 100 crossroads on Roman in quick succession, and I still wouldn't be able to buy that pinning him. But alas, I think the finish is going to be as vomit-inducing as possible. So I think it's going to play out that more like this. There's going to be a rough bump, and after a bunch of shenanigans, Jay is finally going to hit Roman with a chair, in, the same way, in a very similar way to how Sammy did. And then Kevin, Kevin Owens is going to hit Roman with a stunner, which leads Roman to back into the corner, where he gets hit with a, a haluva kick from Sammy. And then Cody is going to pick him up, and he's going to hit a, a crossroads or three, for the win. And that's going to be it. And everyone's going to cheer. And think that something good just happened. And the rest of us are just going to be like that time. Alexa Bliss won Money in the Bank and the women's title on the same night. And when they just watched a revolution die to thunderous applause. And that's just what it's going to be like. And the show will have been great, probably, but the ending for a lot of us is just going to be disappointing. And I don't know. It's going to be weird because the end of this match, the end of the main event is the thing I am most dreading on this show. Even though I'm excited for... The entire thing, pretty much. I'm even excited to be watching this match because I know the atmosphere will be good. But then when Cody wins, and I know that it was a huge mistake, 
and I watched a bunch of other people cheer for it. I cheer this huge mistake that just happened. That's going to be depressing. I'm not going to regret going at all. It's just going to be sad. Because this entire storyline was one of the best things that's been happening in wrestling for a long time. And we're going to essentially have closed the book on it. And it will have come to a lackluster and wrong conclusion. Uh, some people might say, oh, they're going to call an audible and they're going to do something and Sammy's going to get put in this match. There's no reason for them to do that. I don't see why they would. Cody is over. If Cody wasn't as over as he was, maybe they would, but Cody is over. As much as I don't, I don't like the fact that he is over and Sammy should be in this match. Cody is over. You can't deny that. Even if he's over for the wrong reasons. Facts remain. Uh, but that's the decision they've made. I'm going to hope that Roman retains. I'm going to be in that crowd holding my finger in the air, acknowledging him, and then I'm going to be sad when he loses. It is what it is. I can't change that. I'm just me. Prediction Cody Rhodes, obviously. Since I didn't say it, but it's pretty obvious. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's WrestleMania 39. I'm extremely excited to go. I get to meet Bailey the day before. Uh, I'm not going to SmackDown or I'm the night before the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm going to be on a plane home when Raw after Mania is happening. Uh, so I won't be seeing that until afterwards. Uh, my review should be a little, probably Tuesday night. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I hope everyone enjoys the show or enjoys whatever the fuck they watch of it for those of who are, or, and, or enjoy not watching for those strange people who need you to know that they aren't watching the show. I hope you enjoy not watching it, but somehow knowing everything that happened and complaining about it anyway, because, you know, that's what's going to happen. They will still complain about a show they didn't watch. Which makes me believe they watched it anyway. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah, that's that's WrestleMania predictions. Have a good night, guys.